0: The Optometry Talks podcast series is brought to you by Optometry New South Wales ACT, your peak professional body.
1: Hello and welcome to episode three of Optometry Talks. I'm Andrew McKinnon and today we're talking about taking a career break, what you need to know. If you're on a break from your optometry career, this podcast is essential listening we get a lot of questions during renewal time about what to do if you're taking a bit of time off from optometry. There's a few key pieces of information you really need to have to avoid the pitfalls. And the problem is that some of her members are not aware of them. Today I'm talking with two of the team here at Optometry New South Wales ACT, Paula Catalinic and Audrey Malloy, both of whom have taken a career break when their kids were little. Audrey, how are you?
0: Good thanks, Andrew. Paul,
1: good afternoon. Hi, Andrew. Doing um, well? We've noticed an increase in optometrists taking a career break for family reasons. Why do you think that is?
2: I think one of the main reasons is that we've got an increasing number of women entering the profession in recent years. So, if we look at our membership, currently over seventy percent of our thirty to forty-year-old members are women, and we're seeing a trend towards taking a period of parental leave, usually around five to ten years after uh, they've started their career. Um, But it's not just women taking breaks either. We're seeing more dads taking parental leave. And we now have lots of members that take a break for other reasons than family. So it might be things like research or a year overseas to work or travel.
1: I'd like a year overseas to work or travel. Um, (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Audrey, when people go off on a break, um, there's a number of things they need to consider. Can you just walk us through the big ones?
0: Sure. Look, Andrew, I think uh, I'm not convinced that people really understand the optometry board's registration requirements or the way indemnity insurance works when you're on a career break.
1: All right. Look, why don't we talk about the board's registration requirements first?
0: Okay. Well, look, I think the first take-home message is we strongly encourage all our members to maintain practicing registration throughout their career break. So if you change your registration status to non-practicing, It might seem like a good idea at the time, but it's effectively giving up your registration when it comes to re-entering the profession. And we get calls from members who through through various channels have been advised to let their registration lapse or change over to non-practicing registration with a view to picking up the registration down the track. However, if you let your registration lapse for longer than three years, it's just not a straightforward process to re-register.
1: Paula, if I can just come back to you for a minute. There's a couple of main requirements you need to meet to maintain registration, those being CPD and recency of practice. Can you talk us through the CPD requirements?
2: Sure, Andrew. So if you're planning to take a career break for the majority of a registration period, you can apply in special circumstances for an exemption from the Board's CPD requirements. This might be for family leave, long service leave or illness. But keep in mind that you do have to notify the board of your circumstances through their web inquiry form. And if you're practicing for any part of a registration period, you still have to meet the CPD requirements on a pro rata basis for that period of time that you actually work.
1: Paula, can I just check something with you? Um, One of the um, things about CPD is that people sometimes feel that they can only take a leave in one registration year. Do you know if that's the case, or can you spread that leave over a couple of registration periods?
2: Um, certainly, you can take it more than once when you have more ch- than one child. Um, and our experience has been that you can take it over over more than one registration period in the past.
1: But if what you're have unsure, you found? Um, like like you, um, it seems that it seems that because it's a little bit unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems the experience our members have had who've talked to us is that yes, you can spread it over more than one registration period. But I suppose maybe the the prudent thing to do would be to check with the board. Once you know what your circumstances are And the likely period of leave, might be worth checking Mm. with the board as to what your circumstance will be.
2: Absolutely.
1: Mm. Um, Audrey, can I just come to you about the board's recency of practice requirements? Can you talk us through those?
0: Look, I can. Um, Look, Andrew, there's no exemption from the recency of practice requirements if you want to maintain your registration. So it's not like the CPD where you can freeze it for a while while you're on leave. So each time you renew, you must have completed 450 hours of optometry related work within the previous three years. Now it's not as onerous as it sounds, you don't have to do it all in, in one block. You can divide it up any way you like, as long as the 450 hours are completed within three years. So some people do, some people like a full block, they do a 12 week full time block and that's that, their requirement covered. But other people might just do a half day a week over the whole three years. And that's enough for them to maintain their their recency of practice.
1: Okay. Um, Paula, what happens if you don't meet the recency of practice requirement? What what happens then? Mm,
2: Well, if you don't meet this requirement, or if it's been over three years since you practiced, then you'll need to provide information to the board to help them decide if you can return to practice or in what capacity. Depending on your individual circumstances, they might require you to undergo a period of supervised practice, which no one loves or even a competency assessment or extra studies uh, in the worst case scenario. Um, There's a terrific section on this on our OA website called Maintaining Registration and CPD for anyone who wants more detail. Because everyone's different, um, we're only a phone call away to assist you um, to talk about your individual circumstances. So just either call us here or at the OA national office.
1: Yeah, uh, good advice because it it can get um, a little bit difficult at times. One thing we haven't really talked about yet is maintaining professional indemnity insurance cover um, through your career break. Look, this really is an absolutely critical area that people need to turn their minds to when they go on a career break. If you're a registered optometrist, you have to, by law, carry professional indemnity insurance at all times, and that indemnity insurance must include runoff cover. So even if you decide to let your registration lapse, which you should not do if you can possibly avoid it, you should still be insured in case of a retrospective claim.
0: So, Andrew, so what do you do to make sure that you are covered?
1: Firstly, you have to have insurance at the time a claim is made. So you could be practising today and you're insured. But let's say something happens and you decide to... Cease your insurance, and for some odd reason, you don't have runoff cover. Two years' time, a patient makes a, com- a claim against you. If you're not insured in two years' time, you're in trouble because you don't have insurance. All the insurance policies are made on a claims-made basis, which means you have to be insured at the time the claim is made, not at the time the claim is uh, is incurred.
0: And so what about runoff cover? Aren't are, are you not automatically covered by runoff cover when you stop practising or st- Stop um, when you stop being a member of, of
1: OA? You certainly are covered by the association's insurance runoff if you retire or cease to practice. Um, and then, so let's say you uh, let's say you retire. That's the classic one. You turn seventy or something, and decide you want to go and do something else. Definitely, you're insured by the association's runoff cover. Um, under our new policy, you're insured with that same runoff cover if you decide to stop practising for a period, for example to go on maternity leave. So that that covers you as well. Um, You need to check if you happen not to be or know somebody who happens not to be covered by the association's insurance, whether that applies to them because we can only speak to what our policy provides, can't unfortunately advise you on anything else. I talked talked earlier on or just at the intro that uh, Audrey and Paula had both taken career breaks when they had uh, they had young children. Um, Audrey, can I talk to you first? When you came back into the profession, how did you find it?
0: Look, um, look, Andrew, in my case, I didn't take that long a break. I didn't take a long enough break really to affect my confidence returning to work. So with my first child, I think I took about 10 months off of maternity leave and came straight back into my previous full-time job I came back into it part-time. So um, with subsequent children, I probably took a similar length of time, maybe a year off and, um, and then returned to work, to work part-time afterwards. So, I, but I do have many colleagues who've taken a block of time off, like five years or up to 10 years off from, from um, their, their profession and um, they do find it very challenging returning to work. So there's a, lot, a loss of confidence. Um, it's not just purely about meeting the board's requirements for CPD or recency of practice. They just feel that things have moved on since they've they've last practiced. And I think Paula, you probably find the same thing. I mean, a lot has happened in optometry in the last ten years. So if you've taken a big break from your career, sometimes you know, have you mm-hmm. found that your colleagues find yeah, it difficult to return? Definitely,
2: because I work at the Centre for Eye Health. We're kind of talking to a lot of members when we when we um, provide education for them and realizing. Mm-hmm. Because they've had that break, they're just not up on OCTs and the new you know, technologies that have progressed since they've gone on their break. So that's a real source of angst for them. Um, and we sometimes help them by you know, um, showing them some of these new technologies and having them at the centre. Um, so one of the things that we're, we're working on at the association is looking at um, providing a suite of offerings to support members returning to work. But I had a really similar experience to you, Audrey, because I only t- took the nine months off for each of my children. So recency of practice wasn't really a big issue for me. Um, but I found that, and I still do find that finding time for education, um, CPR courses and other work-related commitments outside of normal working hours is always a juggling act for me. Yeah. I mean, we're all trying to find the, the right work-life balance um, and avoid burnout in our lives. So that's always a big challenge.
1: Can I just mention something here that uh, there's a magic time for the board and that magic time is three years. So if you've been not practicing for more than three years, it is a much bigger hurdle to get back into the profession profession, than if you've been out of the profession for less. So again, if it is possible um, to structure your absence such that it is less than three years between starting that and coming back into practice it makes your life a whole lot easier. It's not impossible to get back by any stretch of the imagination, you can do it. uh, But if it's less than three years, you can come straight back in, no questions asked, resume where you left off. Um, But if it's more than three years, it can be problematic. Audrey, you've had some experience with that.
0: Well, I just, you know, I mean, something that I think a lot of people are a little confused on is just what optometry-related practice actually means in terms of the board's definition. Is there good clarity around what that means? Does it have to be seeing patients in the chair every day or does, can it be uh, peripheral to clinical practice? Can it be a support service, for example? Um, what What's your, your feeling on that?
1: It used to be much clearer than it is. <laughs> practice is very, very broadly defined and it essentially means the application of your... Op- optometric knowledge and skill right. in a relevant field. Mm-hmm. So, okay.
0: so it could be in education.
1: Correct. Yeah. As you said, research can be in corporate. Tim Thurn from Esselor is a registered optometrist because he is applying his optometric knowledge and skill in right. the role that he fills with Esselor. Okay.
0: So it extends into corporate roles it's as well? It's very broad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. Professional services, all of that sort of thing. Correct. Okay well that's good to know because I mean I think one of the things with optometrists returning to work is they they are interested in um, sort of non-traditional career paths quite often and you know if they've had that long break from clinical practice quite often they're interested in some of these alternative career paths so professional services and research are can be attractive options for them so it's good to know that that still counts as recency for recency in practice.
1: Look, definitely, and as you said, more and more people are looking at different roles or alternative roles, um, and it does. It it absolutely counts towards your your practice. Um, It's just that the onus now, more and more, certainly with optometry, is on you to decide when you're ready and when you're competent to to fulfill a certain task.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Look, Audrey, Paula, thank you very much. Um, I think it's been a good conversation. We're going to follow this up with another podcast shortly on some of the challenges of returning to work if you've gone over that magic three-year period uh, because, as we said, it does change the game quite substantially. So there's a fair bit of information we'll be hoping to impart to you on that occasion. So, Audrey Paula, thank you very much. You, uh, to all you. of you, thank you for listening. And we will be back in touch shortly. All the best.
0: This episode of Optometry Talks was brought to you compliments of Optometry New South Wales ACT.